What's the podcast intro again? We don't have we just, a name. I thought you were going to say, what's the podcast name again? What's the, what's the name of the show? Ooh, what's the that? jingle? What is the jingle? Can I get a little jingle can, to play I beforehand? can get you the one. Let's do, let's do like a song like like intro song. Is it too late to cancel the show this week? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Out of Band Show. My name, as always, is Ryan, and it's great to be back here again after being at Hack MIT with Eric last weekend. I'm Eric, still I think, tired. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you'll agree that we are both still very exhausted oh from that adventure. God. It's been a week, okay? What? I broke. It's been a week. If you're going to make us, if, if the will is going to make us get up at like 7 or 8 a.m. every day, and then we have to do homework until like 12 p.m. every night. Or 12 a.m. rather. That's true. It's like, there's only so much catch-up you can do. I I don't think you've met my friend Ryan, who gets up at like 6 a.m. every day and goes to bed at like 2 a.m. every night. So wild little story tangent at the beginning here. But during the Hack MIT uh, round, or marathon, or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. 36 I hours. a personal record of time awake of 41 hours because I woke up at uh, 7 a.m. to go to work the day before, spent the whole day awake, then the thing started at the night, continued through the whole next day until I think Bailey slipped me some sleeping pills and then I fell asleep. You oh. lasted <laughs> You lasted until about midnight on Sunday. Yeah. It which was, is when we both we both cut out in that moment. It was quite something. <laughs> there, to watch. there was one point, I don't know if I brought this up last week, but I think Ryan was just staring at his monitor, just laughing at it for a solid yeah. 10 minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes code's a little funny, but I do want to ask one little intro question before we move on to our segments. So, guys, Netflix or Hulu? Netflix doesn't have ads, but Hulu has probably better content. I don't know, because. I feel like a lot of the TV shows that used to be on Netflix or that have been on Netflix for very long are kind of disappearing to other streaming services. But the same thing isn't happening to Hulu. Like, it still has Parks and Rec. It still has Brooklyn Nine-Nine, all these other shows that would typically be moved off to Peacock or HBO Max or something like that. Those are still there because the studios must recognize there's some use for having it. I, I don't know. Um... I would probably have to say Hulu just because, yeah, there's ads, but better content. Bailey, a shorter answer? <laughs> I got to go with Netflix uh, for the exact reason that Eric said that I would have picked it is because of no ads for sure. Are off? Um, I'm going to say your no ad argument is kind of dumb because if you combo, okay okay i'll you... add on then we have the taylor swift documentary on netflix and that's all i really need Araf, please cut him off anyways so if you just if you're a normal person and you pay for spotify you get the free version of hulu the free version of hulu comes with ads you then however could choose to pay for the premium version of hulu which is no ads it's kind of similar to netflix's whole uh what i think there's tiers you have like mm -hmm. tier one tier two i don't know what the tiers do i think one of them lets you stream in 4k but but I yeah think it's, it 
it's quality and then the number of streams that you can have at the same time. Yeah. I One see. of them just makes you a live studio audience member, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to say Hulu is uh, kind of OP only because, as Eric said, the shows don't seem to go away and there's just more content for me, at least, on Hulu. All right, Ryan, do you think Hulu is, quote, OP? Well, to bring the discussion all back together, I think that there was a minor oversight in the pricing difference between the two services. I believe that Netflix is the pricier option to Hulu. And personally, I do enjoy Netflix a lot more than Hulu because I don't like the ad interruptions. I just feel like I'm better connected to the content on the screen. But I do agree with many of the points that y'all made where there isn't a great variety or great selection on Netflix right now. And I don't exactly know how they're going to deal with that as these independent media organizations create their own services. So, you know, I'm going to say Netflix for now, but maybe that answer will change when, you know, someone makes an even better competitor. And I do want to note before we move on to our next segment, we've changed the names of all of the segments today to uh, align with Friends TV episode show titles. We just thought we'd switch it up a little bit. So let's go ahead and move on we... to the one part where Ryan talks about SpaceX with a Roth. We? You did this! <laughs> Don't put this on me! You did this, I love it. Ryan. Let's keep you it. You did No! No! <laughs> I didn't write that, by the way. Someone I'm else a big put fan that in of there. The segment where Eric yells at us. No, I definitely wrote that, but I did not name it. Bailey, them. you did this? I named them, but uh, Bailey wrote the idea. And <laughs> I put it in the title. <laughs> no, no, never again. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the one part where Ryan talks about SpaceX, featuring me, Araf. And today, I'm also going unscripted, as I always do with all my segments. And we're going to talk about the Axon 20 5G, which is the first smartphone, the first smartphone that you can buy. Well, maybe not us, but if you live in China, you can buy because uh, uh, it, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. Anyways, the cool thing about this smartphone is that the camera is under the screen. This is the first camera on a smartphone that you can buy that has the camera under the screen, right? And a ton of big bad boys, the big boys, the bad dirty potatoes <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Oh my god. And now I remember why we started scripting the segments. <laughs> oh no. The... I think I was trying to say big corporate Keep beasts. going. Keep the going. bad boys. And anyways, yes, the, the, the big people, you know, the, the Apple, the Samsung, the LG, they they wanted to do it too. And they're, they're currently working on how to do it. But uh, uh, Axon did it first and, and they did it pretty bad. And most people can't even buy it, but they did it. They did it before anyone else. It's like the Fold. It's like the Samsung Galaxy Fold. It happened first, but it was bad. Proof of concept. Yeah. 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 Now, if I actually can note something onto that, Araf, do you is like the is the camera under the screen on the front glass or like the back glass? Because I don't know if you heard about this, but Microsoft actually came out with this new Stop. product no. that they're releasing Stop. called the Cut Microsoft Surface Duo. Mic. Cut his mic. And it can actually fold it's... 360 degrees, Stop. so it might matter on which side they put that camera. Oh no, we can't hear Ryan anymore. I wonder what happened. Ryan, if we if you wanna if you wanna go to town for the Surface Duo, that's fine, but just know that's the one thing that all of the tech reviewers hate about it. The camera sucks. 
The camera that, sucks. But the hinge, though. The hinge that is doesn't matter. Hinge. That's irrelevant to this conversation. Arap, here's my here's my problem with uh-huh. with this newfangled. Same thing with the uh, the the notches and the little the little uh, punch out little dots that you see on on uh, phones these days. So I, I hold in my hand the Samsung Galaxy S8, the closest thing to a perfect smartphone that I can find happening within the past five years. And the the beauty about this is that there's no notch, there's no cutout or anything like that. It's just there's just a bezel on the top and the bottom. You know, old style technology. I know it's not modern, but here's the thing: the way that they have it, and and my coworkers, my my co-hosts can see this. You can't really even tell that there's a bezel. Like, yeah, there's a black space here, but the the screen takes up so much of the front face that it's not even noticeable when I use it. Ryan, you have a an S9, correct? Uh, an S9 Plus, actually. It has the similar thing with the bezel at the top. Yeah. Now my co-hosts are currently staring at a very derpy picture of Luna. So. <laughs> <laughs> but But my point is, Ryan, do you ever find that annoying? No, I never do. No. I actually really like the form factor of it. You never notice it. It's never I, a problem. It's actually kind of nice how the screen curves. I, sometimes mm-hmm. if I, I will like just like expand videos out even so like the edges are cut off just to kind of experience that like full wide with the curve on the outside just, mm-hmm. it's very aesthetically pleasing you for sure for sure so my, the end of my point and then bailey I'll, I, i'm sure you have a you have a rebuttal is why are we worrying about notches and underscreen cameras that barely work and everything like that when you can just have a fully featured screen a fully featured phone without having to worry about it i i'm actually gonna agree with you on that one eric yeah i feel like technology it's more of like a, um, oh, what's that quote from Jurassic World or Jurassic Park? I think it's from it was like the, they they never <laughs> they should have stopped. Wait, I'm 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 butchering this. They quote. were so it's I know what you're talking about. It's the one where it's like they were so was... concerned on whether or not they could. They yep. never stopped to think whether or not they should. Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe yeah, technology might be going in like the wrong direction, trying to implement things that should not be implemented. Um, but I wanted to bring up a point. I'm looking at the phone right now. Araf, does this thing have four cameras? I think we talked about last week about how the the iPhone like 11 has three, but four is four really necessary? Well, see, I don't think that's a valid question because we all know the next generation of smartphone will just have another camera on it because it's just the common trend we have with smartphones. But I think you're right. I think I think four cameras. I honestly don't know why you would need four cameras. Like you got big shiny camera one. Like the Google Pixel, does it perfectly. It's just one camera, and it's a really god really good camera. It's a good camera. Yeah, it's a really great camera. It's like probably the best camera you can get on a smartphone. And there's only one. There's just one camera. In, why would you need the other three, four? In terms that- of the Pixel, though, a lot of that greatness comes with the processing that Google does on the images in the camera app on the phone versus like you look at an iPhone 11, it it has the three cameras because I think one of them is like a normal lens, the one you would normally have on a phone. Another one is like a zoomed in one. And then one more might be either like a super zoomed in or a wide angle lens. You know, that's stuff that's a lot, a lot harder to replicate in software. So unpopular opinion, uh, but I actually kind of like this move uh, for a number of reasons. So I know, Eric, we were just talking about um, how like or you had brought up how like the bezel at the top looks really nice. And I I do agree that the bezel is satisfying and I have no complaints with it. But I will say when the iPhone X came out, 
I was very satisfied with the design. And the one thing I really did like that Apple did was their displays, because I think that Apple can often do an okay job at that. And I, I think this might have some fun implications in the future um, as for, like, you know, what they're putting things behind. Like, imagine, like, you could just stare at any TV screen and, like, a quick trip, and there's a camera just pointing right at you, just, like, recording your response. Don't like that. I, that uh, could be cool. So I'm interested in seeing what they put cameras behind, uh, you know, how they can stalk people in new ways, how they can find information about where we're looking. It'd be really fun. Uh, and with that, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, the segment where Eric yells at us with Eric. I cannot believe how bad I butchered that Jurassic Park quote. You I really went for it. Which movie it was you from. really went I wanted to. I wanted to say where it was from, and I was like, I need to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hot Takes. I'm your Hot Takes specialist, Eric. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about something that was just introduced slash announced today on the day of recording, September 24th. Today, Amazon had an event as big companies are ought to do. And among other things, among the multitude of new Echo devices and the, the spy drones that, that they released, they introduced a product called Amazon Luna. Now, I know that perks up your ears, Ryan. I know, I know you're already zooming around your, your apartment in glee at that name. But let's skip over that for a moment. Let's skip over that. Because Amazon Luna is essentially a gaming streaming service that you run through your your TV. You can use it with an Amazon Fire TV stick. You can use it on your PC, Mac, Android, whatever. Uh, it starts at $6 a month with Twitch integration, so you can just stream right away, uh, with an optional $50 controller that you can buy that just connects straight to Amazon Web Services in the cloud. Streams at 1080p, 60 frames per second. It's supposed to be super smooth. Basically, it's just a really easy way for someone who might want to get into gaming but doesn't have the finances to be able to pay for a $500 console or a $1,000 gaming PC, and they can just pick this up for 50 bucks plus $6 a month and just go with it. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that's fine. But this is, this is not what we want. This is terrible. This is absolutely atrocious. Because here's the thing. What I just described to you is exactly what Google described to us about a year ago now with a little product called Google Stadia where they tried to do essentially the exact same thing. And gentlemen, I don't know if you're familiar with Google Stadia or if you've met anyone that has ever used Google Stadia, but I can tell you, I can tell you from my heart that that is a terrible, terrible service. It never worked well because all of these kind of services that do streaming, Stadia, Microsoft xCloud, PlayStation Now, etc., they all have the same problems, okay? First of all, in many of these cases, especially with Stadia and probably with Luna, low developer support. These companies don't want to put their games on the service because no one's using them. What's the point? Second, there's too much competition. I just named three other streaming services. We see what happens with Netflix and, and, and Hulu and, and Peacock, HBO Now, all those, Disney Plus, all those. There's too many. No one wants to buy all of them. No one's going to want to buy this. Third, an uninterested audience. If you care about gaming, if you're already in that mindset, like I am a gamer, I want to play games, you probably already have a PlayStation or an Xbox or a gaming PC. I'm not going to go out and buy this. I already have what I need. And finally, the biggest problem is latency. Because if you're using this controller or any other way, 
any input that you do, if you turn left, it has to go to Amazon, be like, oh yeah, we're turning left. That sounds good. And then come back to you. And if you're trying to play Call of Duty with that or any other competitive game, it's not going to work. That's useless. That's terrible. Why the hell is Amazon doing this when everybody else has failed doing the same thing and with no significant changes to the model of what they're trying to do? Who the hell is going to pay for this when there are infinitely better options elsewhere? That's what I got. I know we talked about this when we were planning the segment, but I think, Eric, you were saying that Google Stadia can't even compete with itself. It can't like, even. Now it's we've useless. Got another... <laughs> it's useless. No one has Google Stadia. Why would you buy it? There's no games on it. It sucks. Eric, if I were to, like, guess so someone in my life that would purchase Google Stadia, it would be you. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 How dare it's, you? it's not a dig on you. I know you would want to try it though, just no. to see how bad it was. Why would I? I don't want to pay Google sixty bucks for a product that doesn't work. I mean, you just paid forty dollars for a controller that doesn't work. <laughs> so for anyone who's unaware, Eric, why don't, why don't you tell the viewers at home what happened this past couple weeks? So, so my my Xbox controller that I use for my for my PC. Uh, has had some issues over the years. So I wanted to go to GameStop and get a new one. And I get a new one. And then I bring it home and Did I you get a new it. one? It was, oh, it, was a a, one? it was a used one. And uh -huh. the guy at the GameStop counter asked me if I wanted to pay the extra $5 for a warranty. And of course I said no. And I bring it home. And the bumper, the little, the little button on the top, uh, doesn't work unless you like press it in the right way. So what I did you do about that, Eric? was I thought there was like a little plastic piece that was broken on the inside. So I bought some super glue and I bought a toolkit and I opened it up and I found out that everything was fine. Bailey looked at it. He agreed. Everything looked I, fine. I can, can confirm. The physical button soldered to the motherboard was busted. It didn't, it didn't click in all the way. So I spent 40 bucks on a controller that I can't fix. But and that's irrelevant to the $40 point. On. That is irrelevant to the point. <laughs> on the kit. Araf, what do you think? Um well I will agree with you that Stadia and I'm pretty sure Luna as well are just bad because the biggest issue is that they just don't have games. Mm -hmm. However, I will say if you guys have ever heard of Shadow PC, they kind of do the exact same oh, thing. Oh yeah. But I used to have You can Shadow download PC. more RAM, I heard? You can, actually. You can download more RAM. But they basically just stream, like, a full-on, like, gaming PC and give you, like, either 256 gigs or 500 gigs of storage. You pay them, like, 30 bucks a month. A little, little, little more steep, but you get a full PC. And the lag is about, what, 10 milliseconds? It's not not as bad as Stadia. Stadia is much worse. It's not as bad as Stadia. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, on League, on average, you get, like, what, 40 milliseconds, 60 milliseconds? Yeah. Like, that's, that's like, the recommended amount of uh, lag or latency you, you have when you're playing these competitive online games. And adding, like, 10 more milliseconds, I mean, you can barely tell the difference. I think I think something like Shadow PC does a really good job of that cloud gaming thing that google stadia and i guess luna is now trying to accomplish and honestly i think people should just go the shadow route because you just get a pc and pcs are in, in, mm -hmm. infinitely better than than whatever stadia and 
Luna yeah. are trying to do. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Ryan, do you have you have any thoughts on this? I mean, Ryan, at, just at the name, I think he's interested. Well, I, obviously, but like... Eric, yeah. you had me at Luna. No, I know. I know. Why would Amazon decide to name something after the world's greatest corgi? I don't know, but they have me in. I never thought that game streaming was going to be a thing that I had ever invested in. That's why I have this really nice computer here, but... You're honestly, not going to buy it. Anyone who's willing You're, to name no. something after a corgi obviously knows what they're doing. Like, I'm just going to put it out there, but, like, that's the one reason I like the moon is because in French it's, you know, La Lune, which is kind of like Luna. It's, like, what she was named after. I actually think in Spanish, too, it's it's uh, it's Luna. So, on, right there, like, that is one of the best business decisions that you could have made. Now, Eric, you also uh, mentioned, you know, issues with latency and, you know, the fact that they're you're going to be broadcasting your request to their web servers and then they're going to be coming back to you. Well, Eric, I'll actually have you know that quite a lot of people actually use AWS for their processing already. So it's not like it's going to some faraway server in Alaska or something, right? There's probably some sort of like AWS data center like in your region or zone, which is very close and nearby. And honestly, that's where you're going to want to be, you know, sending that data. And it's most likely that your multiplayer games are already communicating with them. So it's not going to be adding like a, a huge amount of latency. Maybe, like, at most double what you currently have? But, see, the difference is this, okay? Yeah. So let's say let's say you're playing Rocket League or something, and let's say that's on, that's on Amazon Web Services. I have no idea if it is, but let's say it is. Mm-hmm. Let's say you turn your car, right? right? If you're just playing it on your computer, your computer is processing all the graphics and the input and everything like that, and it tells the server, move car left one. And is the server's like, right? like, okay... Like I did it, and then the computer shows that. And that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But if you do it over Luna or Stadia Luna? or Shadow or any of these other things, that original input has to be sent over to the PC. Then it has to do the processing. Then it has to come back. That's the thing. It, it, it's much easier to send back a, yep, we did it, than a full like frame of what is happening. So there is going to be more latency in that regard. Now, what I would be interested in is if it was going to run all of those sessions locally on the same um, like computer. So actually, the experience would be like of similar latency. So like, if you could imagine, like it's it's. I mean, actually, this is exactly what's happening. It's running the game like remotely on their servers. I think the latency would be fine. Honestly, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Luna before, but she can zoom really fast. So okay, but if she can do that just normally every day, I'm sure she'll do it fine with people's data. I'm just concerned that the same thing happened with Google, where they said there wouldn't be latency, and then there was latency. And mm. there's no significant change. It's like, are you, like, is Amazon Web Services really that much better than Google Cloud in it's terms of speed and, and accessibility? It's probably not. Same. It's about the same. So why why should I expect anything different? That's all I mean, I don't think the experience, I've never used it before, but it can't be that bad, can it? And then, like, cue the uh, cue the, the, the clip over the use, like, you know, don, don, don. Flash forward. Well, Ryan's opinion, Ryan's invalid opinion aside, this has been Hot Takes. I have been your Hot Takes specialist, Eric. And next, let's move on to, I'm not even going to say it, the segment where Bailey. Bailey usually segues into Apple products with me. With Bailey. That, that was good. Yes. That was lovely. Yes. My favorite part was when Luna zoomed fast. 
Ryan, you know what's funny is like if people didn't watch the first like three episodes, they have no clue what you're talking about. Oh wow, you're talking about my dog. <laughs> I think they get the impression that I'm talking about a dog. Hopefully, Ryan is uh, I, I want I want to ask you uh, like flat out here. Um, what percent of your friendship with me is based solely on Luna? Uh, oh no, my audio cut out. What did you say, Bailey? Something uh. about uh, <laughs> AWS. Yeah, I I've used that before. No, but like it's no different from any other corgi. I can go look up corgi pictures on Facebook. It's the same. It's not. It though. is the same. Because you know what? what? You I mean? see all the corgi pictures on Facebook. What's the difference? I'm also in a group where we all pretend to be serving the Soviet Union as well. Oh, okay, well that's uh... funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm I'm on board with that. Welcome to Tech Veils. You've heard about Ryan's botnet, but what about Russia's botnet? According to an article by NPR. Facebook and Twitter said on Thursday that they had removed several hundred fake accounts linked to Russia, Russia, Russian military intelligence and other Kremlin-backed actors involved in previous efforts to interfere with U.S. politics, including the 2016 presidential election. Nathaniel Gleicher, Facebook's head of security policy, said in a blog post that the operations did not focus on the U.S., gained little following, and did not target the 2020 presidential election directly. But... He warned that they are linked to actors associated with election interference in the U.S. in the past. Much of the network's activity focused on creating these fictitious personas, including posing as journalists or editors and driving traffic to websites that they created and purported to be independent media outlets or think tanks, uh, according to Facebook. So, guys, I'm asking you this question. Have you seen any of these bots? Uh, and what kind of role should companies like Facebook and Twitter be playing in moderating these uh, political social media posts. That was a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've definitely seen some of these uh, these bots in the past. I mean, there are times when you can go onto a Facebook video and just like the fact that everyone has a name and a profile picture and like the name is so generically American and like the text is so similar that you're like, there's no way that all of these can be real people. Because just like, I don't know, people don't upload real photos of themselves to like youtube accounts like you know you wouldn't expect to scroll down in the comment section and see everyone have a, like a photo of themselves as their profile picture and it's just really creepy so like True. i i definitely think i've seen bot accounts exist before if not even on facebook but other like media outlets and i think that it is a very creative use of social media i think it's also a very terrifying use of social media and i do think that there is some obligation on behalf of facebook and on behalf of you know sources like twitter and youtube to do something about it because, you know, that kind of thing actually does have influence over people. Uh, people like to be on bandwagons that are winning, so they might as well jump on board. It's scary, but that's what the world we live in. And, so. you, and then you get situations where these people that see these bots, of course, and they see them point to, as, as Bailey said, these, fi fi um, these independent media outlets, you know, these think tanks. When really they're just, yeah, it's just propaganda. It's just something that someone put up on a website to try and influence thought. You know, it's not actual journalism. And they link to that. And then that's where you always get the people that say, oh, do your research. Look it up. It's on Google. You can find it. Do your own research. That's that's where this information is from. It's from these these terrible websites that no one has any business going to. And that's that's the most dangerous thing is people are seeing these and passing them off as fact. I think the thing that I hate the most is the classic argument, you know, do your own independent re research. 
uh, when, you know, say I post like a, something from like the CDC, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, what do you think these people get paid like thousands and thousands of dollars in government money every year to do, you know? But that's, that, but that, that's the big conspiracy is, is the deep state. You know, everyone's in the, on it. The deep state. You go, yeah. you go get educated, you're getting indoctrinated in that school of thought, you know? Araf, when I first met you, I thought you were a bot. Not going to lie. True. Same. Robot go beep boop. <gasps> Thank you. Wait, guys. Wait, what? Did you, uh, did you guys just hear him go Did, did you catch that? Did you catch did that, you Ryan? Catch that? I, I, I don't I, Araf, do you have something to tell us? Yeah, Araf. <laughs> What do you what do you got going um, on? Uh, uh, well, you know, I really like the part where you guys started talking about 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 bots on the internet. Um, I think that's very, very spooky and very bad, but also very spooky. <laughs> Thank you, Araf. <laughs> what the hell, input, Araf? That is the. What else am I supposed to say? A real informed <laughs> opinion. A quote. They are okay. spooky. <laughs> and bad spooky. and spooky <laughs> but but do you think like facebook should have a part in like regulating that is that the job of the government like whose job is that to go and weed out these accounts uh, is that like freedom of speech thing i don't actually know here's here's the thing here's the thing so the way that social media networks are classified it's it's not the social media network that's responsible for the posts that are on it. It's, it's the users themselves. So like if the government takes issue with the Facebook post, they sue that person directly. They, they handle that person directly. And that that's to protect the social media network. And I, for all intents and purposes, I think that's fine. Um, it makes everyone accountable for their actions rather than a nameless corporation. That isn't them. Um, however, if if uh, President Trump has his way, as he's talked about in the past, he wants to reverse that so that things that are hosted on the social media network are, respon are the responsibility of the social media network. And so instead of suing someone's for what they posted on Twitter for like slander, they would sue Twitter themselves, essentially forcing them to shut down because there'd be too many lawsuits coming in. So, so there's the answer to your question. Is, really. What you're saying is that if if Trump got his way then uh, all social media platforms would have to have, like, Club Penguin level of, like, safe chat enabled at all times. <laughs> Pretty much. It would, it would eventually lead to a certain form of censorship, uh, which in some ways is good, but in many ways is not. Um, yeah, it would, it would like, be Because, like, isn't a, Twitter, like, Trump's thing? Like, that, that's his, like, advertising right there. Yeah, but he doesn't like that Twitter is posting fake news banners on his tweets, so... Well, before this conversation devolves into some other form of fighting, let's go ahead and move on to the part where Araf usually tells a weird story about Canada with Ryan. I've had this segment once, Ryan. I've only ever told that story <laughs> once, Ryan. <laughs> If yeah. anything, this segment should be called the part where Ryan usually talks about Bailey's dumb dog Luna. Oh, featuring Ryan. Oh, take that go. back. Take that back. Beep wow. Beep boop. I'm Araf. <laughs> what if what if Araf's like ums and ah uh, are just him like calculating what to say next? Have you uh, 
You guys have seen that episode of SpongeBob where they think that Mr. Krabs is a robot, right? Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. Araf, <laughs> well, you've seen that, right? Yeah, I have. Thank God. Okay. Woo. Beep boop. Woo. Can you play that song that goes beep boop boop beep boop beep boop? Oh, wait. Sir, uh, do you mean the one that goes beep boop beep beep boop? Beep, beep. No, 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 no. The, the one that goes beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. Uh, no, sir, I think you mean the one that goes boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. All right, so, Ryan, uh, <laughs> please make it stop. <laughs> the stories are simple. The people are not. And today, on the part where Araf usually tells a weird story about Canada... I'm going to be telling a story about an encounter I had last week, which involves automotive maintenance. <laughs> now, as you could imagine, uh, from what I've talked about on this podcast and the fact that I am a 21-year-old white male in college, I don't have a lot of experience with cars, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, this past year, I was uh, lended, lo- loaned, leased my, uh, my mother's car from her. It's a 2008 Honda Civic. It is tan, in my opinion, even though the manufacturer claims it's gray. Wait, Uh, it is not tan. I I would say it is tan. No, it's at least silver. Silver? So my tan (laughs) Honda Civic is a vehicle I've been using to get around to go on my clinical rotations and occasionally drive Bailey to the grocery store. And so last week we were going to go to uh, the store to stock up on some food as well as run some errands like buying a collapsible table for hack MIT. Now I'm about to tell the story about my mother's car and it's a story I've never told my mother. And while she claims that she listens to the podcast, I don't fully believe those claims. So mom, if you've listened so far into this podcast that you've gotten to this point, you deserve to yell at me a little bit about uh, what I'm about to say next. But essentially, <laughs> not very good things happened to my car. So uh, the the four of us, uh, Eric uh, and his girlfriend and Bailey and I, we're going to go all take professional photos together. And Eric also has a car here, but his is uh, parked about two millimeters away from a concrete pillar, and he's afraid to dear God to move it. Uh, so he was like, Ryan, you can drive. So we all go downstairs, and I walk over to my car. I'm carrying my shoes in my hand because I didn't have enough time to put them on. And I click the unlock button on my key fob, and nothing happens. And that is never a good sign. So I get a little close to the car, and I mash the button a lot, and nothing happens. So I, I'm like, oh, maybe it's already unlocked. And I don't know, there was a firmware update that was installed to a system not connected to the internet. So I tried the door handle, and it's still locked. So I put the key in. And I uh, kind of swish it around until I can figure out how to get the driver door unlocked. And then I put the key in the ignition. I twist it. And um, how does uh, Araf um, normally put this? Bada bing, bada boom. Nothing happened. <laughs> Which was really depressing because we we're all going to go somewhere. So uh, we send Eric up to go get his keys to drive out. And what had happened was the battery in my car had died for some reason. Now, I know why the battery in my car was dead yeah, and it was because one day bailey and i were eating lunch and he was looking at this uh sweepstakes thing sent from a car dealership where we could have won like twenty thousand dollars in cash and i was gonna fill it out not because i wanted to sell my car but just because i wanted to win the money but i needed the specific model type of the car so i went into my car while it was off and i turned the light on 
like the what what do you call that like the dash lighter what's up like what's yeah up? the one yeah, by the yeah. rear view mirror yeah yeah one by the rear view mirror and i like look at it and i like fill the thing out it didn't win by the way i would have let you know if i won um but apparently i exited the vehicle without turning that light off and if you leave the car for a couple days the battery goes a little bit completely so a couple days later eric and i drive out to our uh local grocery store we pick up some like 35 dollars jumper cables uh, he moves his car over, and we do the spookiest automotive thing I've ever done before, which is attaching one car's battery to another car's. Uh, there was lots of sparks involved. Um, both vehicles did get started, and my car is now fine, uh, which is great. Um, but I remember when um, you first put the jumper cables on the hood of my car next to the battery. That's, that's the thing to note. <laughs> Ryan wasn't actually doing this. I was doing it for I was, him. <laughs> I was more than happy to, to do the jumper cables. You just really wanted to go for it, though. You, like, had them and were, like, zooming you around. You did not exude confidence in what you were doing in that <laughs> oh, moment. No, I didn't. I told you where to put the, the, the cables, but I, I was letting you do the hard work. Yeah. Well, you you lived. But when Eric put the final black jumper cable on, like, the engine block of my car... Like the car had electricity again, and the doors were locked, so the like the the siren started going off, like the like the you know someone's breaking into the car, and Eric just jumped, absolutely spooked the man out of his skin. <laughs> but yeah, then we we got it jump started. Now another cool story uh, attached to that is my mother had faintly told me before she gave me the car. That if for some reason the entire car was to lose electricity, you'd have to enter this secret code into the stereo system to get it to work again. I like that of all things she told you that. I know, <laughs> like right? She gave and that's you the entire I... rundown of that car. It was like prophetic that she she like she told me that and then it happened. I like start the car and I like drive around and I'm like, man, the stereo system is like full off. Like there's no time or anything. And I'm like, man, it's that code. So I park in a parking lot, let my car run for like 15 minutes while I search through every document in the, in the glove compartment to figure out where that code was. But I ended up finding it and I didn't have to call my mom for help, Wait, uh, which made me feel proud at the end of the day. Why did you have to enter a code? Like, what's the reasoning behind that? I think it's for theft um, because I think the stereo system in cars can be like removed and upgraded to like other versions. I so someone was to steal the stereo system in your car like you could plug it back in, but then you'd have to enter a code in well, order you, to get it working. You better have that code then. <laughs> like. Yeah, and honestly, I almost didn't have the code. It was like one of the final documents I checked that had it written on there. It was the thing from the the dealer. So, so yeah. In, in an addendum to Ryan's first part of the story, um, when the when the horn went off and I jumped, I I knew it would happen, but I didn't know when because here's the thing. Last year, my car needed a, a wire replaced in the under the um, under the hood next to the battery because the the stereo kept turning on and off when I would be driving and I looked it up and oh it's this faulty wire so I take uh, in the process of like taking that wire off and putting on the 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 new one last summer I think the car horn went off probably about five times and my neighbors at home were really confused <laughs> and I, I I knew that oh this is probably going to happen again this probably happens with all cars but there was a hesitation there was like a half second where there was no horn and all of a sudden there was and like ryan said i was not expecting it big at spook. all big spook and all of that for a sweepstake that was definitely most definitely a scam there's no way you would have won that 
Maybe. You know, I tried my best. I had to jump through lots of hoops, but I filled out my submission. I didn't win anything, but I could have. It would have been worth it, all right? One dead car battery is definitely worth $20,000, in my opinion. The lottery is a tax on the poor. Oh, okay. And that's enough for uh, for that <laughs> segment. Let's move on to the part where Ryan says, stay safe. Well, folks, that's our show for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to share the podcast with a friend or two. We hope to see you again next time. But until then, don't cancel your Outlook events. Stay safe.